to the Divine Feminines podcasting channel. I'm your host, Steph Dasar, and in today's episode, we're talking the five spiritual love languages and how you can better understand your love languages and your partner's love languages, even whether it's romantic or not, in whatever connection you're in, this is applicable. So before I get started, don't forget to like and subscribe this channel. This is Divine Feminines on YouTube and all major podcast platforms. And we're also on Instagram and TikTok. And that's Divine Feminines with a Z at the end. Why like and subscribe this channel? Well, we have so much great stuff on mind, body, soul empowerment, how to become a better person, soul growth, aligning to your soul's purpose, balancing your masculine and feminine energy, and so much more great stuff. Um, also on YouTube, I drop extra bonus content. So if you subscribe also to YouTube, you'll get like moon updates, energy guidance, portals, um, the shifts that's happening on earth and um, some manifestation techniques and um, current energies. I don't do personal readings or energy tarot readings individually, but I do do it on these bonus um, videos and I share channeled messages that I'm receiving from source. So let's get started. Um, I'm going to burn some Palo Santo while I'm here. Um, I've been burning a bit already, but I just thought, yeah, let's do it in this video. Love languages. Love. Love is a frequency, right? It's a 5D frequency. Um, it's one of the most highest vibrational frequencies. It's um, a way of being. It's, it's a mindset. It's a choice. It's it's so much more than just, oh, that's love, you know, it's, it's all encompassing and it deserves, um, it deserves attention. It deserves understanding. It deserves to play, um, a key role in our understanding of it and how we give and receive love. So I really want to talk about, um, these five love languages and, um, actually it was developed by a psychologist called, uh, Dr. Chapman who originally did this to help couples better understand each other. And I think that it's still very relevant. And not only is it relevant for couples, but it's actually relevant for friendships, um, work, companionships, family relationships. Um, yeah, anything really where you're connecting with another. Now, obviously, non-romantic, but you still we still are beings of love. We still are here to give and receive love, right? Love is, you know, the, the binding force to bring us all together. Love is what, you know, crushes fear, which what crush, crushes lack mentality, um, wars. It, it crushes everything. It, you know, it removes all of that low vibrational um feeling, emotion and attitude. So when we choose love, we're choosing, you know, the most um, highest potential potential, and the highest frequency that we possibly can, along with compassion, of course, as well. So the five love languages that I want to talk through, I'm going to talk through them and, and you may, you know, as I'm talking through each one, you may go, oh, that one resonates for me or that one, oh, I didn't really realise that that was a love language. And what I want to do is talk through the five and give you a, a flavour of what each of the five are and then also start to help you understand how you can tap into, un, you know, evaluating what your love language is 
how you feel when it comes to receiving love and um, how you like to give love because that's really interesting because the way you like to receive and give love um, can be very different to others and if you are not aware of those differences between yourself and another you could easily give and receive love or do things in a way that is almost sort of biased towards you and that's where a lot of um, communication breakdown happens and a lot of couples actually they have a lot of challenges you know you guys probably will remember I've said it a few times I was married previously and now divorced much happier but it wasn't because um, I you know I gave up and I was like I can't do this I did try I did try to do the you know try to work through things but I can say with hindsight that there was a lack of love language knowing, um, awareness, and there was a lack of um, this kind of collectively working together and trying to continually communicate and understand one another. And, you know, that's no fault of myself or the other person. You know, like I think it was just where we were at in our journey. We just weren't aware. We weren't self-aware um now when I look back I'm like wow yeah you know communication was a really tough thing we hardly spoke sometimes you know you go to work come back and I remember I'd just be going to the gym and then that's it cook dinner and then I would just want to zone out and do my own thing or I'd literally be on my laptop working because I might have had a deadline and that's it I just didn't really communicate or I would feel like he didn't want to really make much of an effort to just engage with me and just talk a bit deeper and I wanted to I I like that kind of in-depth sort of talk deeper pick my brains type connection you know and I enjoy that and I think that's what was starting to happen I was like wait this is too sort of surface level our conversations are just skirting on the top and it's just almost like and you know it's almost like a routine now a lot of couples will have that you know when you're living together you'll have that but if that happens and you're starting to feel like oh doesn't mean that you can you know you need to give up it's about work you know it really is about work and it is and if you know if if there's nothing too drastic that has happened like you know everything's still pretty good but you're just feeling a little bit out in the cold and you don't really feel like they are they're understanding you or they don't you know vice versa or whatever it is because it, most likely if you're not feeling understood they're probably feeling the same because we're mirroring each other so understanding love languages is a really great tool it's a real great toolkit to have and just understanding them and being aware of them is one thing but then using them in day-to-day -day life and committing to you know having those challenging conversations being open and being honest and being authentic really about how you feel is is going to help you through so the different love languages first one words of affirmation i think here you get what that is um it's literally being expressive and being vocal and giving praise or giving nice compliments. Like, it doesn't have to be, I love you. It can be, you know, you look great today. Oh, I love your hair. Oh, um, I really like that um, that poem you wrote the other day. Oh, um, I read it a few times over. Or, oh, I really like what you did with the front room. You know, when you rearranged it, that looks really cool. Or... Um, 
that new dress that you wore the other night, that look, it looked amazing. Or I like your haircut. Oh, you know, the new beard that you've got, like, grooming. It, it's coming together quite nicely, you know, like, even though I was picking on you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, those types of words of affirmations or, you know, like, oh, you make me feel safe or thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Or, oh, after a long day at work, just having you by my side just to listen to my nonsense. <laughs> Thank you. You know what I mean? Like, that is words of affirmation. Now, I'd say a lot of us would like that. But not everyone, you know, some some don't really need to hear words of affirmation. They might not necessarily need to hear it in that way, in a vocal way. Um, I think I like it, you know, um, giving my own opinion. But I guess when I go through the other love languages, I say to myself as I'm thinking out loud now, is that probably they're a bit interchangeable. Like, maybe if I'm not getting words of affirmation, but I'm getting... Um, acts of service or a physical touch I feel like okay but is that enough will that be okay so uh, as I'm talking through you might want to write some notes and, and see how you feel so words of affirmation question do you do you feel like um, you need to hear like a compliment every now and again I think women we do don't we um, we do like to be told oh you look lovely or your hair looks nice or I really like what you did, you know, whatever. But um, equally, men, I'm sure that they like to be told that they look nice. So I think that words of affirmation are a winner all round. I think a lot of us would say that we, we pretty much would like that being shown to us. And so, you know, as much as we like being, maybe we might like hearing those words of affirmation, does our partner, does our friend, does our family member like those words of affirmation you've got to kind of get to know what they like and what kind of makes them feel you know um loved basically so the next one is physical touch and it is what it is <laughs> i'm not saying start dry humping them on the street it could be uh, as soft as a cuddle um holding hands a kiss on the cheek um you know when you cling when you um wrap your hands, you lock your arms around each other and you kind of do that. Um, it could be, you know, just like li little kind of nudges and things like that or, you know, um, let re less re resting your head on their shoulder or sort of like cozying up on the sofa and just cuddling like that. Those are physical touch um, uh, examples and that's also a love language. Again, I'll ask you to ask yourself, does that makes sense to me am I someone that needs to have some physical touch do I like to have physical touch does that make me feel loved boy this is another one I think that most people would want it but then not everyone you know um some people are very sort of you know they don't need necessarily need it they're they're quite happy to just do that you know when the when they're doing the do but I think, you know, and some are more like into the physical touch on a regular, but they want to hold and squeeze and cuddle a lot more. You see couples sometimes, they're very public with the kissing and all of that. And they probably do enjoy like being quite overt um, with their physical touch, but not everyone's the same. So again, ask yourself, what is it that, you know, do, do, you, do you like physical touch? Or when it's being shown to you, do you not like it? Or when words of affirmation are coming up, do you not like it? So that there's there's 
the two sides of it because you might be getting shown some of those love languages and actually it makes you want to sort of run a mile and that might be telling of something that's come up from the past or from childhood or um something that you just had a bad experience with right so so yeah that's that's the second one it's a physical touch the third one is receiving gifts so receiving gifts is not necessarily has to be monetary it doesn't have to be like oh here's like here's here's a couple of hundred dollars or here's a big gift card and whatever receiving gifts is how you know literally a love language of receiving and receiving something really nice and a gesture so it could be like your partner cooks you dinner or your best friend um uh goes and picks up your favorite um latte for you and a donut and brings it over to your house and surprises you you know um or um your friend offers to come over and do all the tidying up because you've been with the kids all day. Whatever it is, in a relationship, it could be, you know, your partner offering to, like, do some of the extra chores around the house or, um, you know, um, helping to, yeah, make dinner or... It could be an actual gift. Like, you know, it can be the smallest gift. It could be like, oh, I saw that you ran out of, um, I don't know, your favourite tea. And now she says that she's picking up the tea. I feel you've run out of your favourite tea. You know the one that's called Sweet Dreams? This is what I've got here. Actually, it's called Sweetest Dreams. It's really nice. Um, and I thought, oh, I saw that. So while I was out in town, I, I picked I picked a box up. Oh, that's really cute, isn't it? I think, I think that's my love language. Buy me some tea that I've run out of. Anyway, for those that are listening, if you want to know which one's my love language. <laughs> Digression. So, again... Are you a person that likes to receive gifts? Um, is it something that you feel makes you feel loved? Um, on the contrary, when you do receive gifts, actually, does it make you feel some type of way? Um, are you willing to do that for others? Um, do you, you know, consistently think about, oh, does my partner, my friend, or my family member, do they feel like, you know, are they someone that would appreciate me, you know, helping out or doing something or picking up their favourite tea or whatever it is or picking up, um, you know, a box of fresh fruit or something and dropping it off as they're getting some for themselves and they knew that, uh, you know, they knew that, oh, um, I didn't have the time to do it, whatever it is, right? Um, so that is the third one. That is receiving gifts. The next one is acts of service. So being of help, and this is a bit like the kind of maybe just overlap there a bit, but actually just doing things to help the other one out and just being an assistant, you know, um, being an assist to help with um, anything. It could be chores around the house, it could be running an errand, it could be just getting some stuff done, and just being of service to the other. And yeah, it, it can seem like it's a gift. You might be like, oh, Steph, that sounds a bit like it's a gift. But the difference is, is the act of service is like, okay, I'm going to give up some of my time and I'm going to, you know, spend some time um, helping you out and getting some stuff done that would make you, you know, um, you, you kind of make your life easier. What can I do that will help you, you know, or um, learning a, a bit around, you know, um, where... 
I know that you're struggling, like, in terms of, like, oh, you've got a big garden and you, you always, like, never get time to sort it out. Why don't I come over and while you're doing what you're doing that Saturday, I can, like, help sort out the garden. At least it saves you money from... Um, pet booking a really expensive gardener I don't know you know it could be anything like that or oh do you know what you need to go take those bits of the dry cleaners well I'm gonna go take mine I'll, take, I'll grab yours as well I'll grab the shopping while I'm out you know um I'll grab those bits that you needed for work you know that kind of acts of service you know so ask yourself are you someone that kind of likes that do you like the sort of helping hand and the helping to you know I don't know like I'll, I'll help you paint that new bedroom or whatever, or rather than getting the builder in, like, let me do it, whatever it is. Or, you know, let me uh, help build this new bed that you bought. So, um, and I'm saying these things that it's like, you might be like, oh, well, Steph, that sounds like a man, like a woman asking a man to, to do, be, of, be of service. But the other way around, you know, a woman can suggest to a man, oh, you know, I help grab the shopping, or I helped it with this or that, or let me let me let me make your day a bit easier because I know you've got a lot on, right? Or you're traveling, and I can go grab some of those bits that you needed for your trip. So that is the fourth love language, and that is acts of service. So um, ask yourself: Are you someone that you know likes to have um, that sort of support and this sort of your partner to kind of be of service, of help to you? Does that make you feel loved? Does that make you feel recognised? Okay. And then the last one is quality time. And I think, to be honest, this is, I feel like a lot of them are necessary. But, you know, for some of you, you might feel like only a couple really, really matter to you the most. But quality time, I mean, if you're in a relationship particularly, so on, I speak about romantic relationship, you do need that time together. It's really important, you know. Um, you can get into the mundane and into your day-to-day -day and into these, um, you know, routines and then you just kind of don't have that quality time where you're really just catching up and just picking each other's brains and getting to know each other more and going a bit more deeper. And even if it's a friend or family member, I was watching a... watching a reading an article... Um, not long ago that had some stats and data around the time you spend with family and it was showing it diminishes over time with friends it diminishes over time with work you spend a lot of time at work and um, with yourself it grows over time which is a good thing and with your partner you spend a lot of time with them so there is a point there that you know you don't spend as much time with your friends or family and so family you know you have to make time for that um, and with friends you know making sure that you've got the right ones in your life and then spending that time with them and prioritizing some time there it's important right so yeah quality time is what it is if it's in a relationship it's really just making sure you put some time aside um, and I you know I don't want to sound so like organized in this or like creating a schedule but it's good to say you sit down with your partner and go oh you know we might have a date night every so often and um, why don't we do this where we can just chill and hang out and, you know, it's not just like um, being in a routine. So whatever your dynamic is with your person, whether you're living together or you're living separately and then, you know, working out what a dynamic is. But first and foremost, you need to understand if that is something that 
you find important that makes you feel loved. Um, I, I definitely, I definitely am a person that would like quality time. I know that I was in a situation uh, before where I felt like, wait a minute, I'm not even spending time with this person. What is this about? Why am I with them? And that I did not feel loved. So I can say that one out loud. Um, and I'm sure a lot of you be like, yes, Steph, can't be dealing with no one that's not got no time for me. But you have to communicate it as well. So it's, it's, a, it's something that we have to take responsibility and accountability for. But how do we start understanding these love languages and understanding the love languages that matter to us? Well, first and foremost, we have to understand the love languages in relation to us. So how do we feel like we want to be loved? What does that mean? And when you go through the five, ask yourself, does it make you cringe? Does it make you feel angry? Do you feel like, no, that's exactly what I'd like to feel. If it makes you cringe or feel angry, there's something there connected to something from childhood, most likely, and how your parents showed you love. So I'll come on to that in a bit. So first, it's about putting in the work on yourself. It's always about understanding ourselves first, right? Taking that accountability for who we are, how we feel and what makes us really tick. No one else is going to be able to know about what makes us tick until we actually figure that out. And then we've got to take ownership to sort of communicate that as well. So once you've done that, then you are in a better position to go, okay, this is who I am. This is how I like to receive love. doesn't necessarily mean that that's how your partner likes to receive love, right? Um, So then you know, start to think about, you know, what they potentially, potentially, potentially um, prefer, you know, in terms of feeling love. And this may need a a series of conversations. You know, you have to be able to communicate these things. What is it that you like? What makes you feel loved? Do you like, you know, this or that? And then, you know, you actually ask rather than assuming. The thing is, is unfortunately, a lot of relationships get a bit like unwavering because, the assumption is just sort of benevolently there under the surface. So each person will just do what they think the other person likes, but it's mainly a projection of what they like or what their their sort of ideology is. They've not really have checked in with the other person to make sure that, that person likes likes, you know, um those things. I definitely used to be a very big sort of gifter. And that was a love language that my dad used to do because he wasn't one of words of affirmation, but it was more of a gesture and gifts. And um, I definitely took that on board. But I realised that, I remember one ex said to me, I didn't really need the big lavish gift. I just wanted a hug. And I was like, really? I didn't think he wanted a hug. I thought he was liking those gifts. You know, he's a big-ass man. But that was my opinion. He actually wanted a hug. Bless his heart. (sighs) Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. You know, so you can easily just have complete oversight over things that, you know, you're just going by your own perception. But it's not about your perception. It's about how do they really want to be loved and what matters to them. So you do need to have that communication with them. And I always believe that it's important to set time aside regularly to communicate from a place of really trying to find uh, more healthier, um, cooperative ways of, you know, navigating your relationship and getting to know each other better and becoming stronger as a team ultimately, right? Um, the other things that I'd say is in terms of understanding love languages and yours and your partner's 
is definitely consider how you felt when you were a child. How were you shown love by your parents? Ask yourself that. It's something you could journal. How were you shown love by your parents? And how did that make you feel? And based on you understanding what love language is, you know, how you like to be loved, then ask yourself, did I receive that from my parents, though? So some of you, you know, for example, you'd like words of affirmation. Freaking heck, I never got words of affirmation. This is probably why I like it now. <laughs> but and I did from my mum, not so much from my dad. Um, my dad was very, like, reverse psychology type man. And he still swears to this day that that was a better way to just get me to be successful and be who I am. He did well. I mean, I am very successful. But I wasn't able to really, you know, the whole love side of stuff, I was a little bit too, um, I don't know. I've got a big heart, but I was a bit too sort of hiding behind my emotions and just doing the big gifts. And that was probably because I picked up that from dad, right? Um, but... Exactly that. So understand where, you know, your parents were showing you love and how that made you feel. Did that, does that make you feel like you're loved? Or what was it you would have liked? And then that's going to make you realise where the gaps are because sometimes, you know, we are looking for um, our partner to sort of fill in gaps that were missing from our parents and that's not fair and that's not right. So what we need to do is really address it in a more healthier way and understand what is it that we genuinely would like and how do we want to be loved and how, what makes us feel loved and then navigate from there and just be authentic about that. Likewise, your partner may have very similar or, or you know, every, I think every person will have their experiences with their parents. That Your relationship with your parents is the first sort of, you know, they say with the daughter and her dad, it's like her first relationship, her first love for a man and the and the boy and his mom, um, the son and the mom, it's like the first love for a woman. Um, so that is going to... And so that's why those relationships, daughter and father, can be very, um, you know, arduous or challenging to relationships later down the line because what you don't realise, if you don't heal those wounds with your father, that they then project into your relationships... And likewise, you know, son and mother, but it can be even with, you know, myself and my mother or whatever, but it's usually the opposite sex. It's usually that because that's where we start to understand that masculine energy or the dominant masculine energy or whether it's the dominant feminine energy and what that really feels like to us. And then that gives us a perception, an ideology, and then we work off that basis. That's kind of like our foundational level of learning and it doesn't necessarily mean it's right as well, right? But it's our first experience and our first awareness to these things. And then that's how we sort of, that gives us our sort of basis of our compass as we move on. And a lot of what I talk about on these podcast episodes is how we kind of almost go back to things and go, that doesn't sit quite right with me. I'm, I'm really doing the self-awareness piece and I, I'm taking accountability for the energy I create and who I am and I want to become better. So... That's another one. Also, um, make sure you don't get carried away with, you know, like this. these love languages, doing the work, it's, it's about doing the work. It's not about just going and taking that person to a fancy dinner or buying them a really nice ring or taking them on a really luxurious trip to the other side of the world, you know, in a nice five-star hotel. That's all good and well, but that's not going to solve for it. 
you really need to do the work, you really need to communicate. And this is ultimately it. If you want to be in a relationship with someone and you know, at the beginning, all relationships are fun and whatever. And then they have those moments where it's like, oh, and it, why does it have to ever be like that? And they call it the honeymoon period and then it gets into this kind of like same, same, same. But it doesn't have to always be like that. You can ensure that there's a rhythm and a good, healthy dance between the two of you. But you've got to keep working together and taking that accountability. So that's important. And go a bit deeper as well. You know, go under the surface of things. Don't be afraid to sort of ask yourself some difficult questions. You know, by doing this exercise, and I hope by listening to this episode, it's going to give you some good food for thought. Now, some of you may be in relationships and you're like, right, okay, I'm going to practice it with this person. Some of you might not be in a relationship. It doesn't mean that you can't still do this. It's good, actually. It's great prep work and it's a great level setting for you to understand how you want to be loved so that when you do start to sort of meet eligible contenders, I like to call them, or, you know, a, a potential prospect, um, you're able to go into those conversations. And if it does, you know, develop, you're able to really show up and be authentic and honest about who you are and how you like to be loved, and how you love to be loved. So, yeah, I hope that that helps. And I hope that this is good food for thought. I love to do another episode on love languages and the barriers and the blocks that can come up when trying to express those love languages in a dynamic as a couple. So stay tuned for that. But I'm going to love you and leave you. And I'm sending you peace, love, light and abundance. Bye, soldier.